Hello my friends, how you doing? It's your buddy Phil here, Project Management Trainer and Coach. Welcome to 40 Days to PMP Exam Success. I hope you're doing well. Today we're going to cover Day 10. And it's a huge milestone because on Day 10 it means we are a quarter of the way. Quarter of the way there, that's huge. So today our topic is Build Shared Understanding. Now this is a very huge topic because understanding could be anywhere from understanding what to do on the project to understanding issues and then to understanding misunderstanding so it could be a very wide topic let's jump straight into it how do you build shared understanding well step one is to break down each situation and to identify the root cause of any misunderstanding. So the bottom line is if there's no understanding, it means there's misunderstanding. And we need to break down each situation to identify what is the root cause of a misunderstanding. Why are we not in alignment? Secondly, you got to survey all necessary parties Two, as the PMI says, reach consensus. The word consensus could cause some confusion in the minds of those who have studied words such as unanimity, plurality, and things like that. So let's talk about what consensus is. It's a group decision-making process, and it differs group by group. How your group decides to get to consensus might be different from how my group does. The bottom line is that consensus represents the supermajority, the general agreement of the larger population of the group. So in the world of consensus, just because one or two people are on the far side of vetoing does not mean that the team general decision does not go ahead. The thing about consensus is we do want to hear everyone out. So we could hear out those people that have angst with whatever is being decided and we could go through rounds of discussion until we get to a general agreement. That's the difference between unanimity and consensus. Some groups might decide that unanimity has to be in order for there to be consensus, for there to be a group decision. Some teams may say everyone has to agree. Some teams might decide everyone should give consent, which is softer than saying absolute agreement. Consent does not mean you're fully on board, but it means there's not enough resistance for you to say, I absolutely forbid it. So consensus is not synonymous with unanimity. Let's make that clear. Although that may be a rule agreed to in a decision-making process for a team. Now you've got an idea of what consensus is. Let's talk about a process model for it. It's a basic model. One, we have a proposal of something that needs to be done. This could be collaboratively generated. Two, we identify those that have concerns. For example, on the Highsmith decision spectrum, for example, we have people all the way to total agreement down to vetoing. We want to identify any unsatisfied concerns from any party that is not in full agreement 
So we go through those brush strokes of everyone from an almost degree all the way down to veto. We identify any unsatisfied concerns. We listen to those concerns and we could modify the proposal to generate as much agreement as possible. Remember, all attempts at achieving consensus, that is the group decision, starts off with a good faith attempt at generating full agreement, regardless of the decision threshold. Even if there's an off-ramp for the team to say 80% of the team must agree, we still go ahead with an attempt to generate full agreement. So full agreement needs to be the number one option. Failing that, we use our decision rule thresholds. And that concludes our quick review about consensus. Now let's jump into some content for the day. Because you can have an agile team that is quite divergent at first, but the bottom line is hearing everyone out to understand their concerns and to have discussions to either minimize those concerns or remove those concerns. So if there's a misunderstanding, we need to have that conversation as to, okay, why? Why do we not have a common understanding? And then we are going to survey all of those parties involved so that we can reach a team decision, a group decision where everyone has a voice. Everyone's voice has some weight. As a team, it's very important that whatever the decision-making approach is, it must be understood and it must be decided upon. And these are things that could easily be put into a team charter. Let's move on. After all parties are surveyed to break down whatever it is, to get to the ultimate understanding to facilitate the decision, whatever the team decides, we support the outcome of the party's agreement. So if all the team members say, this is what we want to do, even if you are the scrum master, you support, you agree, and you say, okay, this is what you've decided to do as far as how this thing is going to be done, then so shall it be. It's that simple. Every decision-making scenario should not be a draconian decision by one party, especially in Agile. Even for traditional, it helps to listen to the team. That would be the preferred way. So when you're choosing your options on the exam, just remember what the preferred approach is. Always hear the team out. The team decides on a particular course of action, go with it. If some teams say, you know what, just give your consent, even if you're not in 100% agreement, well, that's how the team's gonna roll. If the team says, no, we all have to agree 100%, then roll that way. But in the world of Agile, if you've read the Jim Highsmith decision spectrum, what happens if someone vetoes on that scale? If someone does veto, you're going to hear that person out and you're going to say, hmm, why don't you agree? Why do you say no? And hear that person out. And if there's a solid reason as to why not, that could actually influence other people to say, hmm, I agree. No, we should not do this. 
All right, so it's all about understanding the question scenario, knowing the world of Agile, and in general, what PMI's mindset has been these days is teamwork makes a dream work. That's pretty much it, okay? All right, let's move on. So we have just one more to address, and that is investigate any potential misunderstandings. So we may not have a misunderstanding right now, but we should assess any potential misunderstandings. And this is just the PM being proactive and making sure that there's no misunderstandings. All right, so we've talked about building shared understanding. This is the PM being proactive, at the same time being tactical, dealing with things as they've emerged, and having foresight to track things that could become misunderstandings. So break down the situation, survey all necessary parties, support the team's agreements, and investigate any potential misunderstandings, right? In the same token, if you have two people in a misunderstanding or a disagreement, in the same way, we are going to support whatever their final decision is on how to handle that, provided it falls within the social contract of that team, okay? I hope this makes sense for you on day 10. Don't forget to do the homework, and don't forget, in the PEMBA guide, there's an overarching framework that's buried in 8.2 that helps you deal with any discomforts, any issues, any problems. A misunderstanding could easily be looked at as something that could fall into the issue bucket. So, the DIGCIV approach is define the problem, identify the root cause, generate alternatives, choose the best alternative, and then implement that alternative or solution. But don't forget the verification is an important step. You got to verify that the solution that you implemented actually does work. And if it doesn't work, what do you do? You go back to generate a better solution. All right. I hope this helped you, my friends. Day 10. You've really done awesome. You've really done well. So I'll see you tomorrow on day 11. Make sure you do the homework. Look for the homework below. Look for the open-ended questions. And let's do this, friends. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye for now. Welcome friends to day 10. Let's take a look at some questions really quickly. Remember this is just a tiny little snippet. You can always get more questions in the PMP exam immersion book. First question. What is the best way to communicate status and progress in an agile team? The way this works is you got to hit the pause button and think about it. 
and then I reveal the answer. So, the best answer to this, my friends, is not D. That's presumptuous. Not every team needs to use a burn-down chart. It's not C. It talks about communicating status and progress. We typically don't do a whole lot of status, but where we need to in an Agile team, it doesn't make sense waiting to the end of an iteration. Think about it. In the world of Scrum, we talk about doing things in iterations or sprints. If you report it at the end of each week, that would just give you two opportunities. Would it make sense? You've got to do things more copiously. So B, C, and D are not very good options. The best option that's safe to use in the world of Agile is A, easy to use and understand visual displays. Okay, so best answer is A. There we go. Let's go to the next one. When a new project is started, it is critical to have a clear view of the desired end objectives and outcomes. This is established by developing what? Again, hit the pause button. I will reveal the answer. So, clear view, end objectives. It's not the product backlog. Product backlog is not about the outcomes. Product backlog has lower level content and so do project requirements. The mission statement is also lower level. At this point, what shows you the overarching outcome and the desired end objectives is B. It's the vision. The mission statement is how to get the vision, but not the vision. So this is a best answer from what you have been given. Let's move to the next one. An Agile team discovered during the first couple of iterations that there was a gap in the expectations of the stakeholders and the deliverables produced by the team. Which of the following would be most effective in reducing the gap? Please hit the pause button for this one. Give it some thought. I will reveal the answer. So, the best answer to this is not to appoint a business analyst to function as a single point of contact to represent the stakeholders' needs and expectations. We don't want to reinvent the wheel with what the product owner does, but this is not the best answer. We already have a product owner. It says, during the first couple of iterations, that there was a gap in the expectations. So it's a gap of expectations. That's what it is. Product owner is there. Putting a business analyst isn't changing anything. C says, increase the number of acceptance tests. It's not about the acceptance tests. It's about a gap. In expectations. It's not about the deliverable not working. It's just about a gap in expectations. And that gives us two more, A and B. 
A says, ask the product owner to spend more time with the customers. So the gap is not between the product owner and the customers. The gap is all about expectations of stakeholders in general. Do you know that your product owner in the world of the PMI is really a stakeholder as well? So A is not the best option. The best option is B. Involve stakeholders in product definition, development, and demos. So the reason is more involvement from the product owner, who is the voice of the customer during definition, build, and review, will bring shared accountability and give more opportunities to improve the understanding of the work. So having the product owner spend more time with the customers is not the best answer, but involving these stakeholders, and that includes the product owner, in all of these steps makes sense along with the other stakeholders. So that's a real tricky one you gotta read carefully. Let's go to our final one. After crafting an elaborate team charter, the project begins to run and then an accepted deadline for task approaches. You, the project manager, realize there's a certain disagreement and misalignment of understanding on the project. As the team discusses concerns, a team member curses loudly to the team's shock. What should you do? Is it A, B, C, or D? All right, so let's take a look at them. Hit the pause button if you need more time. So, A, calm the situation down and return to discussions and move forward. While that sounds okay, you've not really solved the problem right now. This team member has cursed loudly. There's obviously something up with this person. So just calming the person down to return to discussions to move forward, you still got garbage from the garbage truck that fell off. You gotta go clean up. Something has happened and we need to know why it happened and we need to solve that problem. The problem hasn't been solved. Calming the situation down you still don't know what, why what happened happened. B says, ask the team member why he acted as he did and remind him of your role. And reminding him of your role could be anything. Could be, I'm the project manager. Don't you know my role? This is who I am. It's really exerting authority. And that's not the way to get to an understanding and solve the problem at this point. C says, report the team member to his boss after the meeting. That's one of those baby mother may I kind of answers. Product Project manager rather should be solving problems and should be confronting this issue head on. D says, follow through with the recommended process in the team charter. How could you go wrong? The question says, after crafting an elaborate team charter. It's there for a reason. It's kind of like pointing you towards where you need to be thinking. The team charter has certain guidelines for things like this. Follow through with the recommended process in the team charter. That's why you created the team charter in the first place. So it's really between A and D. A is trying to ignore the issue and use some sort of smoothing technique and not come into understanding at the same time, which isn't good. 
D will get you a better result. And that's why D is the answer. All right? I hope you found this to be very helpful. And I look forward to seeing any questions you might have on this. You got any questions, please drop them below. Remember, you can get the immersion book that has a lot more questions. The immersion book has questions for every task and it has a whole bunch of questions at the end for people, process and business. So I hope that will help you achieve your goals for this particular day. Thank you very much. I wish you all the very best. Bye for now.